This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by, by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case uh, for all your uh, Sabres game night needs. Get over to Georgia and Boulevard uh, to Outlet Liquor. Uh, I am joined, not riding solo for once, uh, joined by fellow two goalies, Mike, one Mike Coles, Connor Hurley, uh, who made his debut uh, last night on the, on the, on the show, uh, which will air tomorrow. It's already on our stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You want to check out the audio version. And then, um, Jake, have you ever actually been on with us, or is this is this your debut? I don't think. I think this is my debut on I'll Hang Up and Listen. Actually, I've oh, been on I Two Goalies, One Mike. I've been on Crossing Swords, but I don't think I've been on I'll Hang Up and Listen yet. So happy right. to be here. Let's let's fucking go. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers lay up, uh, lay a stinker tonight, five to one. Um, you know, terrible effort in the first period. I mean, horrendous. Oh. Uh, they they pick things up mildly. I would say mildly between the second and third. But uh, overall, I'd say the effort was probably like a C minus, you know. And, and I think that's being polite, to be uh, generous, honestly. I, I just didn't like anything really about their game tonight. They left UPL to dry. Uh, defensively, they were horrendous. Um, I mean, Samuelson on the first two goals. Uh, you know, we'll get him more in that. But I, I don't know. You know, his lack of awareness was terrible. And then on that, uh, it was the fourth goal. You have both your defensemen behind the net covering one play, the one one player. And I, I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> um, goalie's worst nightmare. Uh, you know, when you leave a man open in front like that, just to have all day and all time, all all the time you want. So um, I'll kick it to you first, Jake. Uh, your thoughts on the game tonight, and uh, you know, obviously. The Tage Thompson injury is probably going to lead headlines for us as Sabres fans. Mm. Um, it's also a defenseman's worst nightmare, but in a different way because that's the longest skate back to the bench when both of you are behind the net and get scored on. Yep. You're just like looking at it, just like, yeah, you can't do can't do anything, can't hide from anybody. It's there in that position. But um, you know what? I really it showed out to me, and I think it was just like a not a humbling experience, but just like they're matched up with a team like Carolina who could just match them in skill, like across the board, uh, especially with Thompson clearly just was not himself even at any point tonight. Um, And 
they just without the biggest thing for me, Dwayne, I think I've told you this so many times that over the summer and everything else, I've just wanted at least one more defenseman, two yep. preferably. And it's like tonight it really shows because that whole first period, it looked like the Sabres were in their own zone. It looked like the it looked like the camera was just on the left side for literally the all the entire 20 minutes. And you can't, it's tough to win hockey games that way when you're just pinned in, you literally can't get out of the zone, get easy passes out of the zone, complete easy passes. And you have guys like again, Yokoharyu, who gets caught in those positions too often where he's out of position behind the net with next next to his partner like too close to his partner those those mistakes happen too often with those bottom three guys there and it just it hurts them against teams like this who are just going to bury every opportunity that they give that you give them yeah i uh i had to look up jacob chikrin's pronunciation again tonight uh, (laughs) because i think he's a guy that has been rumored to the Sabres for a long time and after performance like tonight with a nine to 10 day layoff, Kevin Adams has got to look at that blue line and be like, hey, we might actually have to do something. Uh, not yeah. just for the team, for the fans, for this little window that the team ha- has here to make a run. Um, it was an embarrassing performance all around defensively. Uh, like you guys said, yeah. it was completely in the Sabres defensive zone for the entire first period. I don't think, I, I would say the, the common sentiment amongst fans after a loss like this is you're pretty quick to play in the goalie on all four goals that UPL was at least responsible for, for when he was in the net, you could not blame him for a single one of those no. uh, back, backdoor one timers step step on was wide open in front. Um, goaltending wasn't the issue tonight. And that's, no. I think that's not a very common occurrence for the Sabres lately. Um, the defense is a problem. And it's something that's going to need to be fixed, uh, whether that's through a trade, through a different defensive system, just hunkering down or changing the way the entire team plays, because that's also on the forwards as well to pick up guys on the back door. True. Yep. Something out. Um, but as of right now, it's not good. And if your top guy is going to be out and one of your other top guys and cousins is also is also banged up, it's going to be a rough night against one of the best teams in the NHL. Yep. And that's where expectations potentially could be tempered a little bit. Agreed. Uh, you know, and, and another thing too is, you know, I've been, you know, I've been very vocal about it on this show on two goalies and Mike, the need to bring in defensemen. You know, you see, we talked about it last night, Connor, you know, Vancouver is going through an absolute fire sale right now. They're literally selling everything, everything and anything must go. I don't know if you guys might remember back in the day, back when, uh, it was after, uh, jury and Briard had left there. Some guy did a YouTube video as a Buffalo Sabres fire sale. It was like one of those guys that had the voices from the commercials. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can bring it. I'll bring it up there in the, the show, but that's essentially what Vancouver's doing. They're selling everything, not named Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes right now. And JT Miller <laughs> and two names that I honestly, I, I, yeah, they're not going to cost you a lot. They really are not. You're not going to have to mortgage your future. And I think it's, you know, I love the idea of Jacob Chickering because he is, you know, at a very reasonable rate, I think it's at 4.5 million for the next two years. Um, you know, very team friendly, but that's why the asking price is so high is because the contract, the cap hit isn't very high. And for, you know, he's out, he outperforms the contract every single night. So two names that I, I will continue to throw out there um, are Luke Shen and Tyler Myers. I think you bring both those guys in personally. I would, I, mean, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Yoki, how are you? You know, send him, send him pack and let him go play at Skate and Shoot at Nortown Center for all I care anymore. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Jacob Bryson, he's a seventh defenseman. You bring in two guys like Shen and Tyler Myers, and I know people, you know, might be sour. You know, I know he struggled a little bit in Winnipeg, but he isn't having a bad year. Luke Shen is having a pretty damn good year. I don't think people realize how like how much better the defense will look if they just have some competent defensemen back there, like paired oh up God, with power yeah. and on the bottom pair. Like it doesn't need to be. It, they don't need an earth. They don't need a seven million dollar guy. Like Chikrin would be awesome, and I would love Chikrin too. Like I think he's perfect complement. But I'm wondering too if that's kind of those talks have kind of stalled. If, if they have stalled, maybe it's just gotten quiet because they're quietly trying to get something actually hammered out. But um, I wonder how many, how much money Adams really wants to give to defensemen when he knows he has to give power and Darlene, what, 20, 20 at least minimum, like to between the two of them, probably you're thinking, and wants to give the rest of that to, he's, it's an offensive team. That's part of the thing too. You mentioned, you made a great point, Connor, about the forwards too, like, it's on them is it's definitely on them as much. And as a defenseman, I will, I also love to point to forwards to help out defensively is everything too. But the way this team kind of plays too, like they're just the way they're just always looking. It's like, like the style of it. I wonder if the team building is also going to be like that too, where they're just going to spend more money on forwards and everything too, because that's what it's going to be like. And I'm just going to be mad every year that they don't have enough quality defensemen to get it done. Yeah. Uh, David Cap, uh, Capella uh, watching on Twitter just said Shane would be a major uh, grit addition. I tend to agree. Or well, I'm not sure Shane. Shen would be a major grit addition. I tend to agree. He plays a heavy hockey game. He's a big guy. 33 years old. He's he's seen a lot in this league. And he would have a lot to offer both on and off the ice to, to this locker room. And so, so would Tyler Myers. He's seen playoff hockey. Like, he knows what it's like. You know, I, I granted, again, you know, he didn't pan out the way we wanted him. He was sent to Winnipeg in the Vander Kane deal years and years ago. Um, but you add two very competent guys to your blue line and bring stability. It's going to make Owen Power better. You know what I mean? Like, you might be willing to say that he is hampered by having Yoki Hardy as a partner because you can't let him – he can't take the types of offensive risks that Erasmus Dahlien can because he has Samuelson as a partner. You gotta find, you know, you gotta find that right balance uh, in your top two pairing, and then whether that guy is Luke Shen in your top four or Tyler Myers, I mean, you're 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 just solidifying all three pairings. You really are, and you're adding so much size to a small group. I mean, after mm-hmm. Samuelson and Darlene, I'm I mean I mean Power, but the other three, four, you know, they usually rotate somebody else in. They're all smaller guys, and that's why. Of- that's why Carolina can do what they did to them tonight, right? Like they're a heavy team and they're yeah, so skilled they, offensively that there's that defense has nothing. They have no, they have no physicality to get out of situations no. when they're tough, tough, when they're pinched down low, whatever. And they don't have the skill to make a play to get out of the zone most of the time against that yep. team. And they're just, you're just watching it. You're just like, damn, it's like, like poor UPL is like probably, that's probably the hardest he's worked in a first period in a month. Yeah, <laughs> in a month, he, like he so made a lot work. of good saves. He made a lot of good saves. Aside, yeah, from it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, like you mentioned, physicality. It was it was pretty bad early on. I think the hits were like eight or nine to nothing at one point. And I think Carolina knew going in. I was talking to Dwayne off off camera about this beforehand. They had an emotional win last night, and they're coming mm-hmm. off a back to back. They probably sold out in that first period, knowing that the Sabers had four days off. They had all these expectations. One game left before the All-Star break. 
Yeah. They knew exactly what they needed to do going into that first period. And it was very apparent from the first puck drop how that first period was going to go. And that's slightly concerning that a team, obviously they're a top three, four team in the league, that they can just impose their will at yeah. any given point of a first period of a game. That comes down to coaching. That comes down to whether it's your defensive system or everything else about it. But like Dwayne said, I mean, Luke Shen is thrown – I, th- I think he's up there and hits thrown this entire season amongst all players in the NHL. That's obviously something we need. Tyler Myers, of course, knows the city, but he can also still play. And like you said, he's a big body. So adding guys like that, whether it's Chick- Chickering, if we can afford him or anybody else, something has to be done. If, if, and this is a big if, if Kevin Adams really believes this team can make an actual run. Because if he doesn't believe that or if he doesn't think it's worth it at this point of the rebuild, he might just stand pat and we miss the playoffs by five, mm-hmm. ten points and then try again next year. So yeah. it's going to be really telling it's what true. he actually it's, that's it's, He's going to have to read that room really well because I think there's a point where like there's a thing to be said with that where it's like keep the plan and just kind of keep everybody together because they've gelled so well. But also, if you don't add where they there are clearly holes on the roster, you don't add. You're kind of doing a disservice to this group who has a chance to do it too. And he has to like, I don't envy that position at all, Connor. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I like, I I just love the idea of using that cap space flexibility that you have right now, at least in the short term, uh, to help a team like Vancouver offload a lot, you know, for some picks and whatnot. You know, you're doing them, you're doing them a service. I mean, you look at a guy like Brock Buster who who has term left on his deal. I think he actually just signed an extension recently. He's having a down year. Uh, a guy who struggled to stay healthy, but you know, you and I, I mentioned that we talked about this last night. You just saw them kind of set the market a little bit with Bo Horvat and what they, you know. I thought personally, Vancouver should have got more uh, for a guy who's trending to forty goals this season and having a career year. Um, granted, UFA, but usually guys like that get you a little get a little bit more of a return at the trade deadline. Um, you know, Bolivia is a, good, a nice piece. Um, they got a prospect and a pick, which is great. I thought they were going to get more. You know, he was the number one guy on every single per- person's, uh, you know, trade bait board, top of the list. And then right after that would probably be Chikrin or Patrick Kane. Um, but that being said, they kind of, you know, screwed the pooch a little bit with themselves in terms of the other pieces they're going to want to sell, like a Brock Besser. I mean, what does he cost now? And he granted now the, the, the double-edged sword there is he has term left, but he's having a year where he's struggling, but he is a four time, 20 goal scorer, two time, 25 goal scorer. And a guy who has proven, you know, when healthy, he could be right around, you know, three quarters of a point per game player, three quarters of a point to a point per game player. He's proven to be that guy. And, you know, I think he, a type, a guy like him would thrive under in, with, with, with Donnie meatballs. I think he would, he would do well here. Um, and I just haven't seen enough of consistency out of that second line to really be as confident in them as I am, obviously, our top line of Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner. Um, you know, you could really honestly take either Quinn or Paterka off that second line, maybe drop them down. I wouldn't even mind seeing you play with, play them, do, do with them what you did with Peyton Krebs. I mean, granted, you know, Peyton's you know, been thriving with uh, yeah. variations. But in the same breath, I think playing with them has helped his game dramatically. And I think that could help other players' games as well. Um, I know there's some chemistry there that you might not want to disrupt. But if you are serious about making the playoffs this year, you have to have 
a legitimate top top six. And I don't think we have that right now. Like a legit top six that, you know, is le- not not one as, le- uh, as lethal as the other, but is going to be consistent for you every single night. And the only guy, mm-hmm. honestly, in, on that line that's consistent every single night is Dylan Cousins. Yeah, and uh, I don't think any of it matters if Tage isn't healthy. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the Sabers aren't where they are. Send them the All Star game. Yeah, so they're going to send them. So that's the that's the question moving forward. Obviously, skills competition is supposed to be Friday. All Star game Sunday. Uh, I think There's Tage no way. Questionable to play tonight, so he's not going. Um, so you send Darlene, which yeah. I personally am incredible. I love that. He, yeah, well, they don't have a defenseman in the East, so yeah, he needed, no, yeah. He needed to be there anyway, and mm-hmm. I think this is uh, obviously a super cruel way to do it. But seeing him in the skills competition, seeing him—is it still three on three that they do in yeah, the yeah. I believe seeing so. Seeing him, you've seen what he—he's done in three on three overtimes for the Sabers this season. Imagine what he's going to do with Pasternak and uh, <laughs> whoever else is on the ice with him. He's going to be unbelievable. Um, so that's going to be nice to see. But yeah. Tage has got to get healthy. Uh, whatever it is, it kind of looks like a back, which in my opinion is incredible. They had that one angle where they were like rubbing like his yeah. lower back. I'm like, they could have just told us they were giving him lower back treatment, I but know. you know, this, whatever. <laughs> the, the designation of upper and lower body. If it is a back injury, that takes time. I know he's a young guy, but mm-hmm. that's going to take time and rest and recovery and rehabilitation. So – Every single discussion that we've had tonight and that we're going to have moving forward is going to be centered around if he's healthy or not. And yeah. I, I think tonight was another like glaring reminder that what happens if a team takes him away? Who's going to produce? How are they going to create chances? He's been so unbelievable all season long, not only scoring goals, but creating chances for himself and his line mates. If they don't have him, not just at 100% or not at all, where does this team go? And that might determine what Kevin Adams does at the deadline because he yeah. is the linchpin for everything they do offensively. I mean, so do you think that it's sorry? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead Jake. Go ahead, Jack. I was gonna say, do you think that that means like if he's looking at it, and maybe it's it's two two schools of thought here, I guess. One, he's like, okay, well, maybe you know Quinn Paterka, they're all gonna get better next year, and it won't be as big of a problem next year. Or he looks at it as like we do have this hole without if Tage is out of the lineup and we have this big of a hole, then I really need to add somebody as soon as possible because we can't, this can't happen to this team. We can't crater because one guy goes out. So, and again, it's like a tough decision. Like where do you sit on those different things? I think that, I think I'd be in an ad mode no matter what, but it's an interesting. It's gotta to be calculated. About it. I think, I think, yeah. I think um, I was having this conversation with uh, guys I uh, used to coach, uh, coach with for almost a decade and you know one of the most overlooked things about you know playoff teams and successful playoff teams is their bottom six you know you look at those Tampa teams how much did like guys like Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman contribute you know uh uh lot guys like that contribute consistently to their playoff runs you know it's nice to see Casey Jost and Olofsson produce and stuff like that but when push comes to shove, is that a line that's going to produce for you, you know, in a condensed schedule in the playoffs against some of the top teams in the NHL? Are they going to be capable of doing that? I think, honestly, I think I would almost have more faith in Gergen, Sinzak, Poso, and Peyton Krebs doing that because they just play a heavier style of hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they you know, they, they're more physical. And that's really, you know, it's a very, 
much more physical brand of hockey in the playoffs. I mean, anybody who's watched this game as long as we have, you know that. Um, I'd almost feel more confident in them, you know, being more of a contributor in the playoffs than than that the third line. So I think in the yeah in the playoffs, the way they like if they came out in a game tonight in a playoff game, it would just be like the saddest. It would just be the slowest grinding as death in the world. Like it would just like they can't come out with that kind of effort any no, of those forward no. lines because once you're getting into it, like you know how it is when you're talking looking at a playoff, and we haven't seen it a lot. Like, but if you're looking at playoff matchups. You're like, okay, this line can get can win against them and them, and then it's like, oh, we're not winning any of these. Like, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe if we get like a you know like a off two ankles and shit like that, maybe we'll get like a couple of those. But it comes like it goes away so quick. Those things close, and especially with this team who is good is pace, fast, fast break yeah. goals, everything else, all that shit goes away too. And I'm that's what I'm kind of was when it closed down, everything tightens up. Where do they generate? How do they generate off the rush? How do they get all those? rush opportunities when they when the numbers end up dwindling it's like things that and those are things they have to be talking if we're talking about it they're talking about it too so yeah 100 percent. i mean I, again there's so many directions and you want to know what we'll speculate this move that move and the other move but if the move that kevin Adams will make will be nothing that we none of us saw coming probably, probably. Yeah. that's usually 90 percent of the time that's how it goes but I mean, and I shared my two cents. That's where I, if I'm, if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm looking at a team like Vancouver, who's just desperate to blow the whole thing up. And Chicken will be nice, but maybe I, I mean, does he even get dealt this year? I mean, I, it, you think it would have happened by now, right? Yeah, potentially. You know, I mean, but at this point, when they're all in for Bedard, and they're playing in a college stadium, <laughs> I think. If they were to do it any year, it would be this year. It has it to have be. been by now. It's something. Um, and I, I, I mean, yeah, they want a lot back and deservedly so. He's a really good player. He puts up a lot of points as a defenseman. He's also solid defensively. So I think it might take a lot. But like you said, like we might have a, the Sabres might have a little window to actually do that in terms yeah. of the cap space, in terms of competing, in terms of what this team needs. And I think we can all agree that it is defense. We, uh, the Sabres score a lot of goals. Uh, and they also give up a lot, as we saw tonight. Um, and goaltending has not been the issue recently, which is strange. But that's a starting point. You got a kid yep. who's finally gaining confidence, who's making high danger scoring chance saves. Like that has not happened probably since Ryan Miller. That a goalie can actually stand on his head and win you a game. The Sabers haven't had that in a long time, and I honestly believe that UPL is like right on the cusp. So if you're going to get a guy who can cover the back door and get possession in his defensive zone and get it up to the forwards who obviously want to run and gun anyway, you need that type of guy. And like you said, like obviously we need physicality, need players that can bang bodies in the defensive zone, but at the same time, like you need everything. And the defense are not cutting it. I mean, yeah, it's – and I, I, you know, I put a tweet out earlier too about like, you know, I said I know people love this team. I know people love the makeup of the team. I know they love the fact that it gives you that those kind of family vibes. You know, like that scene at the at, during Miracle when they pull they pull Herb off the bus. We're He's like, "Tell me why I shouldn't give this guy a look." And he goes, "Because we're a family. Because we're a family. We're a family, Herb. We're a family, Herb. You know what I mean? Like you love those kind of vibes and those kind of feels. But at the end of the day, this is a business, and business is getting the team to the playoffs. You know, and." Selling merchandise, selling tickets, you know, actually playing meaningful hockey games come spring. And 
is Casey Middlestat the guy to get you there? Is Victor Olson the guy to get you there? Is Henry Hoki how are you the guy to get you there? I hold on. I would love to hear your guys Olafson because Olafson is the most polarizing figure in my like personal life, Sabres fans life, all my friends <laughs> and everything. So yeah, I mean I don't, I don't, I don't know think where... you're I don't think you're alone there. And also okay. like he his own play like makes us think that way. Like yeah, he didn't yeah. score on um, five on five. It was like 30 something straight games. And in the past month and a half, he's gone on an absolute tear. He looks like a different player with Tyson Jost. Um, you see what he can do on the power play. Obviously, he has one of the best uh, slap shots, one-timers in the league. But you also have never seen him throw a hit. You don't know where he is defensively. He probably yeah. has no actual defensive awareness whatsoever. <laughs> so as like high of a ceiling offensively as he has, his complete game isn't there, and it hasn't been for a long time. So if you can upgrade that position, you obviously upgrade that position. And the same goes for Middlestad. Obviously, he's got a lot of talent. But he just gets pushed around. He panics on the power play. Panics with the puck a lot of the time. Um, he's soft. He's just I, soft. I, I, yeah, he's he's a soft player, and it sucks to say because that's a prospect everybody was really excited about mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, yeah. But you can you can look at a player for long enough and realize that his game might not translate to the NHL. Um, and with both of those guys, even with Olsen producing recently, like we're still not sure. And we might not be for a long time. I just yeah. don't exactly. I don't know what the number is, bro. You could tell me it's like three and a half. You could tell me it's like seven. I'll be like, okay, like sure, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know what? <laughs> when it comes to Victor Olson, a month ago, I was get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's too much of a, he's too much. He's he's you know a one trick pony, I guess, for the lack mm-hmm. of a better term. You know, he can score goals, but all over the rest, you know, the other 180 feet of ice, you know, that you have to cover, he's just not good enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you justify getting rid of Victor Olofsson right now when you're trying to make a playoff run. Yeah, I don't think he can be right now. Like, I'd be okay with they just kept him and then let it happen in the He still has a year left on his deal. You don't have to get rid of him right now. It's not that you're backed into a corner. He'd be be a very intriguing trade piece, though. I think a lot of for sure. A lot of teams would look at his skill set and be like, yep, we could use that and just play him in that role and but, tell him, like, you don't even wor- need to worry about playing defense. We've got guys for that. Mm-hmm. Just do what you do and we'll put you there. But the Sabres oh, that's are going the the to the- do that. <laughs> no, that's going to be the worst part is when he does get traded to, like, some nasty team. Like, he goes to Colorado or something and he scores, yeah. like, 37 goals or something oh, just because he has nothing else to do. Yeah. He's such a unique skill set, and that's why he's polarized because he scores unbelievable goals. He goes on stretches where he can't be stopped, but he's also a liability in a lot of different areas. Ghost a- is ghost will not solve our defensive problems. No, so. no, I mean, I mean <laughs> offensively, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll definitely contribute, but defensively, no, <laughs> I, no, he's not the answer. Gosses um, was was good when they won the the national title at. Uh, I think that I forget where he went. I, it, was, it was RPI or Union or one of the, one of the teams. He led that team, uh, and he was, was unbelievable. It, he was. I, wanna, he, I think it was. I'm not. I think it was. I'm, I'm not 100 sure, but um, he was unbelievable in that NCAA tournament. And then in his first year with the Flyers, he was like a budding All Star. And then yeah. something about his game, maybe similar to Olsen or any of the other players, it just doesn't translate. Um, nope. And if you're a defenseman and you can't play defense. It's just not going to work, as we've seen with Yoki Haru and Jacob Bryson. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a crossroads. 
Jacob Bryson, man, that guy, that that guy. It's tough though. Nice little story. It was a nice little story last year. You know, he had some flashes and maybe gave you a little hope. But this year, man, he's just he really the 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 opportunities he's been given, he hasn't really shown much of anything more than being a seventh defenseman. That's how he's got so much talent, and but he's so tiny and he has no awareness defensively mm-hmm. whatsoever. There's all these. There's so many defensemen in the league that you can find that are six Just foot like to five ten that can skate and move the puck a little bit, and they'll get streaky and put up points, and then they will disappear yep. forever. It's like, and Jacob Bryson is just one of those guys. And the Sabres, unfortunately, have had like a lot of those guys for recently. Yeah. And, <laughs> that was the, been their whole defensive core. And going back to the Olsen point, you know, you know, I think they have their their replacement for him already in the system in Yuri Kulik. I think that guy has an NHL ready release right now. Kulik is a dangerous hockey player. Uh, we've already seen a lot of highlights of scoring from that exact spot in, Roger, in Rochester's power play. Um, so, I mean, does he have as hard of a shot? I don't know. I don't know, but I watched him in development camp and why that was the first thing that stood out to me the most. You know, cause I went, I, I went there for every day of development camp and I said, this kid, his shot is NHL ready right now. hundred percent develop the rest of his game, uh, with Seth Appert and Ro- Michael Pekka and Rochester. And you could have a very good hockey player in a steal where they got him in the first round at the end. Well, that, um, well, that type of player though developing the rest of his game is much easier said than done. Oh, for sure. There's a reason he went at the end of the first round. Well, there's like, there's, there's glaring things about his defensive game that need to be worked on. I think, I think the last two drafts it's, it's tough too, because you know, COVID kind of changed the world, right? Like, you know, when it comes to scouting and stuff like that, you have to kind of rely more on video scouting and that anything. And you don't get to really get to either, you know, see a player up close and personal and see all the, different intricacies about their game and B you don't get to meet them and talk to them in person and mm-hmm. learn about their personality. And that's huge. But I mean, why do you think during the combine, you know, they said one of the biggest deciding factors for Montreal with Shane Wright Slikovsky was that interview. They interviewed Slikovsky a second time. Uh, and that was a deciding factor. Those interviews go a long way and they'll be able to talk to those players up close and personal go a long way. So uh, I, I think there are a lot of players in the last two drafts that probably fell uh, you know, fell out of where they might, you know, probably where they should have went because of that. I think Paterka probably in a normal, you know, if everything was the world was normal, probably would have been a first round pick, wouldn't have been a second round pick. But I mean, that's just my opinion. But with that being said, I, I, I again, I, I, when I said it earlier, I said, you know, it, it's nice to have this team and have the vibes and all this stuff, but to actually think that you can go into next year with this exact team, um, only make a few minor changes through your own system and think that this is still a a team that can get you sustained playoff success. I think you're kidding yourself because there's, there's a lot of holes in my opinion. Yeah, Um, I think the question is whether they do it within the next month or they do it over the summer. I think it's it's obviously going to be one of the two, Uh, but for Kevin Adams, it's obviously a very big decision on whether he does it now or he does it in three months. Yeah. So, I mean, Matthew Savoy, Matthew Savoy is a nice piece that you have still in junior hockey right now. Kulik is looking good. And, uh, you know, in Rochester, they're all three of them are centermen. Noah Oslin, another centerman, a guy who's drawn a lot of comparisons, his playmaking ability, like Briere. And then Isaac Rosine, I'm not sure. I think he's in Rochester right now too. He's played fairly well, but, 
What is the probability of all four of those guys being full time? We don't need all these guys, and then all the exactly. guys are all paying that's too. Like saying. there's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They are People ripe for a two for one. Just even yeah. just to add like a guy that it doesn't have to be an earth shattering guy, like a five exactly. prospect for one or something. But yeah, like 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 people who sit there and say, "No, we don't want to divert from the plan." Don't divert from the plan. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you, you realize you realize Tampa Bay does these things, right? They have been doing these things. How often have you seen Tampa Bay, you know, trade away a young talent in exchange for a guy that is going to contribute now? How often did you see Chicago do it? Sergeyev? Yeah. How often have you seen Colorado do it? Nazem Kadri. Yep. Vegas, Vegas has existed for five years, and they already do. That's all they do. It's the L.A. Rams philosophy. Fuck them picks. Uh, Toronto yeah. had Austin Matthews and was like, we want John Tavares too. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of picks. We have a lot of space. And we have a 12-year playoff draft. Uh, yeah. at, at some point, something's got to give. Uh, I think we're all of the opinion that we would like to see something done. Um but from a managerial perspective, I don't think Kevin Adams is going to be as quick to jump the gun. I really don't. Um, I think he's at least somewhat satisfied with his position in this build, whether that's build four or five for all of us, it's build number one for him. Uh, yeah. So as much as we want something, maybe not earth shattering, even, even if it's just something, I'm hard pressed to think that he's going to give up a lot to do it, which yeah. is which is which sucks for us is like who want to, to see the team do well but at the same time like it's a tricky situation all right i'm about to introduce you guys to one of my favorite contributors in the peanut gallery mauricio arenas this guy when the sabers are hot you know this guy is on cloud nine when they lose the whole fucking world is on Dean. There's no in between with him. I've got, I've got a lot of friends. I've got some friends. Like that. That's yeah, why he's one of my favorites. I think we all do. UPL is shaky. Mauricio, uh, UPL was not shaky tonight, and yeah. that's coming from a from a person who's played goalie for 25 years. <laughs> well, I think he just used that as an opportunity to capitalize the L there and you know, and UPL, lose it. Nice. I like that's that. Great. We can nice. uh, we can use that when he actually plays bad, but that wasn't tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Samuelson looked fatigued, weak on the puck, lacking defensive physical presence. Again, well, people were out on Samuelson. He was questionable going into this game. Yeah, uh, he was hurt. So whatever, I think it was lower body. Um, and obviously, yep. he, had, he had a lower body injury. Where exactly what you want as a laboring defenseman against exactly. Carolina. <laughs> I mean, he's got a Rob Brindamore coach talking. As good, he's our best defensive defenseman, likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably power or Delling too. But at the same time, like. He has a lot of issues on the back door, as do a lot of our forwards. Middle stat being enemy oh. number one. Oh. Um, he has; they have no awareness. When I play goalie, I, I swear to God, because my defenseman on my beer league team have no concept of it. So when a puck is in the corner or a puck out front, I'm screaming back door, <laughs> just back door, back door, back door, back door, because otherwise they wouldn't put their head on a swivel. And for me to do that, they all come up to me. They're like, oh, man, thanks so much. Like, otherwise, I wouldn't have seen that guy. But for an NHL defenseman to do that, UPL is not screaming back door. He's not screaming weak side. He's not screaming cover the slot because he doesn't yep. need to. Because you're if you're at this level and you've gotten to the best level in the league, you should be able to do that. But yeah, you, should have, you should have both your defensemen on one player in the corner. <laughs> I'm with you here, Mauricio. 
Yeah, yeah I lo- I lo- this is why I love reading. This one. <laughs> Lack of offensive chances by all players. No grit, no rebounds, no deflections, no drive, no grit, no dirty. No goal. grit twice. No grit. No grit. No grit. <laughs> we gotta be, hey, we got to be able well, to I love them, man. No, was, I love hey, them. <laughs> if you're listening to the first 10 minutes, I think we talked about the lack of grit. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that I, is, but that's that's the Sabres. All like, if the Sabres are having a bad game, all their shots are coming from outside the house, and they're just floating around up. and well, floating twenty five feet out tonight. <laughs> muffins, muffins are floating sauce over, and just hoping you're yeah. gonna connect on some crazy. And don't and, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind a shot from a weird angle, you know, at the goalie's feet or something because you know, as a goalie, kind of like one of the worst, one of the toughest saves to make. Mm-hmm. Are those those shots that come from the top of the goal line, backhand, right at your feet? The, the tuck goal is a perfect example. He huh? just put it, the tuck goal tonight was a perfect example. You didn't see it coming. No, you didn't see it coming, and I think Tuck realized like, hey, we haven't done anything to that. Yeah, <laughs> I need to just that. I need to put this puck on net, catch him off guard, and thankfully it worked. It was a really good shot, but like, yeah, nine times out of ten, Ronta saves that, and he's gonna look back at that tonight and be like, what was, what was I good? thinking? That should have been a shutout. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of, this is something that's like really bugging me, but our home record is 11, 13 and two. And the away record is significantly better. Um, I don't know if they're getting in their heads about not having a full building. Uh, Maybe they did tonight when they expected they did tonight. I I was wondering those atrocious uniforms they wore um, (laughs) in the white pants and with an easily fixable solution of blue pants and blue gloves. Uh, I'm not sure what it was, but it seemed off from puck drop. Um, so it was, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think they have an issue playing at home. I know they probably prefer to play at home, but three of our next four games are on the road. And I, I have seen a massive difference of them playing on the road. This yep. I like yeah. this because I had the first, the first 10 minutes, I was thinking exactly that. I was like, there's no, first of all, I was surprised that it wasn't as like a little bit more busy, but it is a Wednesday night in february well, so whatever but yeah and it was but yeah <laughs> and after and i do think that they've had some like anticipation especially like you know the letter came out and everything else like had some anticipation of some kind of energy you know going for like that was literally like a rally yeah. like in part of it in there was like we feed off this energy and everything and then they don't they realize it's not happening and then you just get railroaded for 10 minutes and it's yeah. like oh, it's, it was like, the worst, worst team in the league for that to happen against yeah, yeah. and, and- I loved it with that letter too. I'm sure there there was some marketing strategy with that too. You know, from the mm-hmm. team, you know, oh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, he was asked to maybe write something. I I I, mean, I can't confirm it. I don't know, but I loved it how at the very end of that letter, underneath his signature, there was a link to buy tickets to tonight's game. <laughs> Trying to tug at your heartstrings, like, come on, come to the game, come to the yeah, game. I wonder yeah. how how much of a tangible effect it had because, like, we were trying to guess before you came on, like, what it was at tonight, and I I wasn't able to find it. But based on what I saw from the 100 level, 300 level is probably much worse. It had to be like 15,000. Capacity was 19. Uh, when there's been a sold-out building, they're 4-1. and one. Obviously, it's been on pretty emotional nights. Uh, yeah. The day after the storm, Ryan Miller night. Um, I, forget, I forget the other ones. But, yeah, it was – that had to play a part. These guys were excited. They, they felt like a – a lack of energy coming in and like taking four days off against a team that just had an emotional win last night. That's obviously a tough situation tough. too against yeah. a really good team with a coach. That, that can't be under, that can't be understated. Hated, either. hated it. Looking at the schedule Saturday and being like, we got to play them f- four days from now on. Four, we got to wait that long. And, and knowing like, how 
a back-to-back for Carolina with like maybe a tiny bit of energy. And they were down 4-1 last night. They came <laughs> yeah. back and won 5-4 in overtime. Probably got it yeah. 2 a.m. Uh, and they're fucking buzzing. They're like, we can't wait to get on the ice. We're going to fucking kill the Sabres. Fuck them. Skates himself and get out there. That's, <laughs> the TNT coverage of his locker room before the game. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I, I knew we were screwed. But Not the bad. It is what it is. Um, he's a great That's coach. a great, great team. That team could win oh, yeah. the Stanley Cup this year very easily, and one of us would be they, surprised. If they get the goaltending, if, they, if one of Anderson – it's probably going to be Anderson. If they get Anderson to play as good as he possibly can down the stretch, they could easily beat the Bruins. And I think they could beat whoever comes out of the West. Colorado's not the same this year. Um, yeah, they're a sneaky cup pick for sure. Yeah, and, t- and, and you know – for, for, for fans that are like worried about, you know, taking on bad cap, uh, you know, while the cap is still stagnant uh, because you have to pay Darlene and you have to pay cousins. We're going to have over $20 million in cap space next season. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have guys fall off. Um, you know, you're getting a 30% discount right now at Tage Thompson. I don't know how you don't try and take advantage of that as much as you possibly can until the time comes to renegotiate that deal because, I, I, his agent has to be kicking himself because it's like, I could have gotten this guy $10 million a season instead he's getting seven, two, five. Um, but I mean, I, I, you know, you have Owen power on his entry level deal, Quinn, Paterka, uh, Peyton Krebs. I mean, he's not like he's going to demand any, anything substantial in terms of a pay raise, you know, like you have all these is, players on very much is middle stat at right now. Like two, five, two, five, three. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like that's like he's even part of the solution. No, but I'm saying like that's probably like that's probably coming off too. Like, yeah, um, oh, yeah, Gergensen's is at three. Like, Gergensen's isn't gonna be at three. This is the last year of Ocposo, isn't it? Yeah, he's not gonna be at six, he's gonna be at like a much lower number 2.4 or something like that. If he even plays, yeah, I think I think if he if he wants to come back, they'll sign him. It'll probably be like a one-year deal every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to yeah. come back and sign you to a one-year deal. So no, he's uh, he's in the community. He'll want to stay. And yeah. I, think, I think his leadership is valuable. And also, like, he hasn't been horrible this year, as we've seen with that line uh, yeah. with Gergensen and Krebs. Like, they do fill a role. They're the mm-hmm. only line that can cons- consistently sustain a forecheck. And keep – I mean, I, like, in terms of defensive responsibility, they've been pretty good down there too. Um so yeah, I wouldn't mind if Oposo came back either. I think he yeah, definitely. definitely. And Buffalo still is only one point behind the Penguins right now. Um, yep. <clears throat> next home game isn't going to be until February 11th against Calgary to be a matinee game. Granado um, yes. did there. did mention it was, this was announced. Uh, this is from Mike Harrington. Granado said no medical update on Thompson as of yet. I asked him specifically about the All Star game, perhaps even traveling and not playing. And he said simply, you can not, you, you can read into it, but he didn't finish the game. No decision yet, but you get the sense where this is going. So he's not playing. Makes sense. Which, yep. is, which makes complete sense. And send Rasmus Sucks there. for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, like. It's not like it, he looked overly excited when they told him he was going to the All-Star game. Like he's going to make the All-Star team every single year for the rest of his career if he keeps this up. True. So. Yeah, guys, do you realize they have the skills? I didn't realize. I thought the game was Saturday during the day, and it's Sunday during the day. Those guys get a whole day in Miami, just oh a whole God. Saturday in Miami. 
What are the league? What's the league doing? What are they thinking? Do you know what I shape they're that. gonna show up to that All Star game? They're gonna be fucking not buckled. just that, dude. Not That's just that. Probably dude. exactly what they were thinking though. Like give these guys <laughs> a weekend in Miami, let them blow off some steam. Like hockey it's players gonna aren't gonna, gonna, they're not gonna get in trouble. Tea. They're gonna, no, they're all gonna not. go to a club, drink a billion beers. And they're gonna all show up to the game on Sunday, hungover, and they're all still gonna be unbelievable. <laughs> I know it's gonna be nutty. I just, it's just hilarious. When I just, it hit me like the realization of what's actually gonna be happening this weekend. I'm like, good for them. Good for yeah, you know yeah. the Kachucks that are gonna be down there just ripping. Oh my god, beach. like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got Connor. We got the inside scoop. For, he works for TMZ, so. If anything Ooh. goes down, anybody gets will, uh, give us a scoop. Down. There, on my sources in Miami this weekend. <laughs> Live yeah. is going to be going off. Story, all those clubs down there. Um, yeah. but honestly, like that's the thing, though. Like the NHL doesn't get exposure like that. You don't see the personalities of these guys. Like they might actually have calculated, like, hey, let's them get them in Miami for a weekend. Let's send them out on the town. Let's show the faces of these guys while it's we have this opportunity. Like that, the fact that the game was on TNT tonight in a slot that usually has NBA games. And they're trying to replicate inside the NBA with Biz and Anson Carter and Liam McHugh. Like, the NHL has a real opportunity right now to actually, mm-hmm. like, get some fans that they didn't normally have. Uh, this is a completely separate discussion from just the Sabres, but the Sabres are also getting in at a really good time. The fun, mm-hmm. young, exciting team that well, can and actually, like, capture the hearts of people. <laughs> It fits the Sabres, too, because ESPN and TNT fucking love the Sabres because the local markets, we blow it up. Like, that's yep. – we're, we're always going to watch the game, so they're going to love to put us on. Like, how many ESPN Plus games are Sabres games? And well, it's like, why would they – They've had at least – I know it's different, but there's, oh, it's it's yeah, still, like, one, people – National just, broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people, like – yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like, like, the ESPN Plus hockey night games, whatever, even those, like, that they have for whatever. It's – they're, the Sabres are on there more than you would think for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 12 sure. years. And it's, it's just a, because yeah, – hockey-obsessed town. And yep. as, as we all know, even even when the Sabres aren't doing well, the Stanley Cup final ratings are always massive in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see – while, while, while we uh, you know hop the next subject here, I'm going to see if I can bring up that video I was telling you guys about on YouTube. I, I Honest to God, man, this thing was to be so funny. They made two of them. Uh, hold on. Sabres fire sale. Sabres fire sale. One second. It, it, it's so worth it's so worth the watch if you guys haven't seen it. I feel like I'm like having a vague memory, but oh, this is fantastic! Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. This. One second. All right. Let me let me share my screen with you guys. Hold up one second. Oh, this is fantastic! I can't wait. Uh, Here we go. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Nope. All right. Hold on. Attention! Buffalo Sabres fire sale is on. No! At the first Niagara Center. Everything must go! We need a goaltender. We've got goaltenders. We've got a skinny goaltender. We've got a short goaltender. We've got goaltenders! <laughs> forwards? Do you need a forward? We've got forwards. We've got Americans, Canadians, Germans, Austrians. Yes, even Austrians! Get here now before they're gone! We've got little guys for sale. We've got big guys for sale. No reasonable offer refuse. How about underachiever? We've got plenty of underachievers. Buy one underachiever. Get one free. Defense, defense, defense. Oh, guys. Fast guys. Tall guys. All our guys are for sale. We've even got a captain for sale. Wait, there's even more. Mascots, Zambonis, the Anthem, 
Yes, even the anthem singers for sale. Everything must go. It's the liquidation event to end all liquidation events. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's the Buffalo Sabres once in a lifetime. Everything must go by yourself. You, yes, you, pick up the phone. Call now. <laughs> Dude, awesome. that fucking gets me every time. Yeah, oh my god, value for that. I was really oh. impressed. That oh, was impressive. It gets, gets me every time, but that's what's happening. Really, really and really especially, I was just so happy seeing the players that kept showing up. I'm like, yep, I was. I'm, I'm with you, buddy. Like, I'm not. Billy Lano, Adam Hardy. Probably that guy. That guy was in 2013, I think so. Yeah. Was that 2013, 2014? Yeah, there was two videos. There was one. There was a, there was another good one about uh, was uh, Miller was still with the team. It was one after that, and they were talking about how Miller, you know, American. He's like an American e- American eagle. Uh, he's like uh, he's like he's like a, 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 a bald eagle with a whole a flying with an apple pie. Just all this stuff is like about Ryan Miller trying to trying trying to trade Ryan Miller uh, for a fire sale. Uh, the other video they did it was super funny though. But every time I see it, it cracks me up. It's like. But that's what's happening in Vancouver right now, man. And like a team like Buffalo should pr- try to take advantage of that. Drew Stafford really triggered me there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of emotions came up. When was, oh, when was the yeah. moment oh, you, you you when was the moment you fell in love with Drew Stafford? You mean the moment I despised him? Oh, you despised him? <laughs> oh, I was I was the opposite. I'm sorry. I'm oh, not gonna man. bring up the I moment love... I absolutely despise him. It's well, too sad you know, for the he, smoke podcast. When but... he got that contract, his game went downhill for sure. Oh, yeah. But the moment I actually fell in love with the guy as a player, when he was the first guy to jump Chris Neal after he hit Drury. That's true. First guy on him. First guy. That's on true. Him. That always helps. I remember like a ridiculous toe drag goal from him. And I think that was probably the moment. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. That's just so long ago in the in the Sabres pit of misery that I, I can't even fathom. Like, <laughs> I can't even fathom. Can't even think what actually did. <laughs> I remember when My he was word. flying after Miller got traded. Uh, they interviewed Stafford. He was like kind of like the last one standing uh, from that whole like era of you know of Sabres hockey. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, when Miller went, Drew Stafford was the last one standing. He was sitting there just pretty much crying. It's like it's I'm with all that's left. It's so it's over. <laughs> it's it's literally over. It sucks. Um, but now we have like a nine day layoff. They get what is it? Is it nine days? Yeah. Well, they play on the eleventh. Tomorrow's the yeah. second, so yeah, around nine. Nine days, nine day layoff to try and get yourself healthy. Hopefully, this injury isn't Tage Thompson isn't very serious. And I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know how often trades are made during the All Star break. Um, I don't really know the history of it, but maybe we're looking at a few additions or departures here come, uh, you know, February 9th or eleventh or whatever. Yeah, you know, their first home game is the eleventh. I think they might have an away game. Um, no, it's, uh, their next game is February 11th against. Oh, it is. It, oh, it is it against Calgary at home. Okay. Um, yeah. So you have you again. You have nine days to get yourself healthy, and I have to imagine Kevin Adams is going to be on the phones, right? Like the month, it, the the trade deadline is a month away. Like, and you did just see the biggest piece so far get dealt uh, to the Islanders, which is just hilarious to me because the Islanders, if any team should also rebuild, it should be the Islanders. But my opinion. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's comical to me, you know, and, but Hey, maybe this is like, we talked about it last night, Connor, is this a test run for Lou to see how, if a guy like Bo can get them over the hump and if he can't, well, guess what? Now he's available again at the deadline. Yeah. 100%. Get those pieces back and maybe more, who knows? And like you said, they, they have the best goal in the league. So if any team has the defensive structure to do it and could use a guy that could 
contributed both ends of the ice and is a top 15, top 20 player in the league, it could be the Islanders. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks for sure. I I like this one. I like this one. To hear the truth is stop hearing here say small talk, triple D. (laughs) Come on, Dwayne, focus on your audience, constructive criticism, feedback, truther. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mauricio, man. There's no silver lining with this guy. Don't lie at the end of the tunnel. It's either you're high here or you're low down here. He's the voice of the pessimistic fan, which is warranted after all of these years. I don't think any of us should be content with where we are right now. Um, I think expectations need to be tempered a little bit based upon the roster construction. Like we've said, defense isn't good enough. Uh, I think a little harsh on UPL because I think he has improved. And maybe I'm just being sympathetic as a goalie. And looking at tonight was not his fault. Uh, But moving forward, obviously something needs to change uh, because there's still one point to gain. And as we've discussed, I think um, the Sabres have the second toughest schedule remaining in terms of win percentage of of teams that have already played this season. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And something needs to be done if they actually want to make that push. (laughs) Barnum bailouts. <laughs> Love him, man. Yeah, he's That's here. amazing. He's here every single one, man. He he, oh, he he's here. So I, I love Mauricio. He's great. That's <laughs> so, awesome. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, Mauricio. If they uh, if they make the playoffs here, you owe us all a beer. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, from all the Mauricio will be. He'll be on the glass. What are you talking about? He'll be right <laughs> in there. <laughs> all right, you guys. Got anything else before we head out here? Nothing specific. I mean, I guess the one other thing that was was brought up tonight during the broadcast that I think is something else to like tangibly look at faceoffs. I think you tweeted yeah, about I it. I didn't want to bring that oh, up. It's horrible. Yeah, you, you tweeted oh, so about bad. it. Um, it's really bad. It's been bad for a long time. I think it's been bad since we lost O'Reilly. Defensive zone, um, defensive zone. It's terrible. O'Reilly it's, was the only person who won faceoffs exactly. like, in the last so, ten years. Yeah, pretty much. If you can get a guy. That can literally just win faceoffs. <laughs> I think that would be at least marginally helpful. Um, and another thing, special teams. Uh, I think the power plays uh, two for twenty-one uh, in the past twenty-three tries, and the penalty kill is abysmal. Uh, I think those three things you can look at over the break as coaches. I hope they do. If we're talking about it, like you said, hopefully they're talking about it. Um, but those are just three glaring things right now that if you made at least like slight improvements to, uh, that could have a really, really profound impact. Yeah. yeah. Those are I all agree. great points. I think that, I think that that's the biggest thing if we're especially talking about trades or anything else, like literally just competence at some of these positions, improvements to competence from being bad will be look like huge differences just because they have been so poor in such so many different areas. I'm realistic, not yeah, pessimistic. Shout out Connor. I'm, I'm a realistic, not pessimistic. <laughs> it's, it's good to be that way sometimes. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. You look at the way this team is built right now. Obviously, if we get Timo Meyer, if we get Jacob Chikrin, if we get Eric Carlson, about Timo Meyer. If we get, if we get Thatcher Demko, we could do a lot of things with the cap room we have. But even if we get those guys a lot has to change for the Sabres to not only make the playoffs. Is that the expectation just to make the playoffs? 
and get swept in the first round by Boston or Carolina. Um, or even if, if let's say they make an unbelievable run and get to the third spot in the Atlantic and have to play either Toronto or Tampa Bay. Yeah. Do you really think the Sabres could win? We saw what it would look like series. Like the road Toronto, trip. Yes, because you know they're just going to fuck shit. I would love to play the Maple Leafs in the first round. That'd be amazing. Um, and the Goat Head jersey. Yep. I think me up all day. Unfortunately, from actually competing, no matter what we do at the deadline, we're a year away. Um, oh, for sure. For that's sure. better than yes, all yes. of us thought this season was going to go. Uh, yeah. There's been so many positives, and there's so many things to be optimistic about and realistic about. So you can look at it for what it is, but at, at this point right now, we're just trying to make the playoffs here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing to think that this team can get them, you know, squeeze themselves in the play. Like Biz said it too. Like, you know, you know, he's been a critic of Buffalo over the past, you know, three hundred sixty-five days. You know, is more for clout. You know, for obviously the Chicklets Cup is coming to Buffalo. He's trying to draw attention to that, but. Uh, but he said it, you know, get, if you get yourselves into a wild card spot, you know, any, anything can happen, make a deal. You know, he, he, he specifically said is two, two things he said, he, not, he, didn't, he didn't mention their top six. He mentioned improve your bottom six. Cause that's important in the playoffs. And he said, find somebody to play in that second pairing with Owen power. And those are the two things he said. So I think honestly, honest to God, we, we addressed that at the top, at the top of the show. I said, if you address those two things, I think you you might not win around, but at least you you know you bring some electricity back to the city again for a couple of weeks come spring, and you know and now now it's just not the Bills anymore. You know now yeah, the I mean, Bills now the Sabers are a player. The the power you thing. Ahead. You go ahead, Jim. The power thing. I'll it'll be quick. The power thing has been the most egregious thing because it's like really. The, it's and it's they're so lucky that he is so fucking good that it hasn't mattered because it could have been so detrimental to his development to not have a guy that is competent next to him the whole year. Go ahead, Connor. That's really all it is. I was worried, I, about yeah, it. 100%. <laughs> um, but you saw what happened when the Bills broke the drop. That was such a momentum shift for the entire fan base. Yep. Who I think it's 12 years for the Sabres now, it was 17 years. And that was an organizational shift when McDermott and Bean came in. They brought Poyer in. They brought Hyde. They changed the entire culture of the organization. That feasibly is what is happening now with the Sabres. They are right on the cusp. And if they were to make the playoffs, like we could get rolled in the first round, and we probably would. Because as we saw tonight, there are teams that are objectively better and have been a part of this build for a lot longer than we have. Um, If they were to make the playoffs, it would just be – an incredible momentum shift going into free agency, not yep. only for the fans, but for free agents that would want to come to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the ultimate goal of this entire season. Obviously you want to compete when you get there and maybe they will put up a fight, but just making it right now should be the goal. And it, it's going to be up to Adams to figure out what he needs to do to get there. You got to start filling that barn too, in terms of, well, I mean, teams do look like pay attention to that players do pay players do pay attention to that. Like what's the atmosphere? Like when I go to a game, like, is it going to be an empty building or that's why I was kind of blown away. And I actually say blown away, but like kind of he really, he, he, he chose to be traded. He wanted to be traded there. When, 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 when could Chuck went to Florida, it's just like, yeah, I'm sure, you know, right now it's great, but what, 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 it's not great. You know what I mean? Like they're it's sunny. They're, 
they don't have diehard fans. <laughs> it's sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's sunny, but I don't know, man. There's a lot of places in the country that are sunny. No, where you I know. Play and still have a packed barn every night. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know. That's just me. I I, I think it, the onus of some responsibility has to be on the fans too. You know, you know, once this team continues, as you said, Connor, to continue rolling and go in the right direction, whether it's this year or next. We got to do our part and fill the arena. Uh, you know, as fucking shitty as that arena is. Hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing it on the road out here in LA and Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna be doing my part. I'm going with 24 people at the Kings game. We're gonna Hell drive, yeah. We're gonna drive down to Anaheim. Whoever wants to drive an hour and a half in LA rush hour traffic to go do that. And any opportunity I get, if I lived in Buffalo, I would still have seasons. Um, it really depends on what you're willing to commit. And as I've seen, as I've rationalize my Bills fandom in the past couple of weeks, how much emotional energy I put into a team. <laughs> right now, all of it can go to the Sabres. We don't have to worry about the Bills. And right now, we probably shouldn't because it's pretty depressing. Yeah, I don't want to think about the Bills. Yeah, either. so we don't have to think yeah, about it. We think about this young, exciting team that is, I would say, vastly out- outperforms our expectation this season. So we'll see what happens, but it's going to yeah. be a fun couple months, that's for sure. I agree. Um, but we didn't really touch on Timo Meyer. Um, again, that's a kind of a pipe dream guy for me. And, you know, it's a nice conversation to have. And it's nice to know that, you know, Kevin Adams did his due diligence and at least made the phone call to see, you know, what the asking price is to know that, you know, that isn't out of sight, out of mind for him. But I mean, what does Timo Meyer make this team a hell of a lot better? Yes, 100%. But is that move a necessity? I mean, and that's what I want to, that's why when I was asking earlier about like, what does he have slotted? Like, what is, I want to know what like the, the salary cap slot, like his idea yeah. of the build is for the slots. Cause if he thinks there's a guy, if there's another slot there where he's like, I can pay another forward, any insert, any forward, it could have been Patrick Kane, whatever, whatever guy like that, that he was thinking of in initially in this slot, seven to 10 million. I can pay another yeah. guy that. And if it's Meyer and he's like, okay, that guy fits there, then I say go for it. If it's there, it's if it's well, something that's out of the realm, like it wasn't an idea before that, then I'm kind of like, well, we, I don't know if you need to do it as much. I, I think his qualifying qualifying offer is like nine and a half. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. But it is. if he's got a guy that's going to score 35 to 40 goals for you a season for the next six to seven years, he's worth every penny. Yeah, and um, if, you, if you put them in your top six, you automatically make your bottom six better because you're going to have yep, to – Because you have to drop them. somebody down. Exactly. So um, if you have the opportunity to get a guy like that and you can afford it and you think it makes sense moving forward, not just not just for these three months, for the next however many seasons moving forward, I think you do it because your number one competitor in terms of where their build is, the Devils, they're thinking the same thing. Uh I think a lot of teams are probably thinking the same thing, but they can't afford it. And there's only a few teams that can. So, yeah, I, I personally would love it. And I think he would be an absolute perfect fit in terms of what we like to do. But at the same time, he's not going to help your defense. So you yep. can score as many goals as you want. But if you can't cover the back door or you can't cover the slot wide open in front of the net, you're not going to you're not going to get too far. Yep. Uh, I made a mistake because – Qualifying offer as an RFA will be ten million, and uh, I know, but 
But, uh, you know, not, I mean, we're all not big analytics junkies here, but uh, I was just looking at somebody t- uh, tweeted out one of his. Uh, he's a he's an analytics darling, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, cool. yeah. He's, he has more expected goals than. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Way, way above average. His, his, his war or wins against replacement is 97%. incredible. <laughs> like, that's just like, you don't need to be an analytics junkie to look at that and be like, he's very no. good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so, been good for a long time on a very shitty team. So, pipe dream would be Meyer, uh, Timo Meyer, uh, Timo Meyer, or Tricker, and or, or I guess after anything after that, maybe you know the idea I threw out there, you know, approaching Vancouver about one of or if not both of Luke Shen and T- Tyler Myers, which I think personally, you know, puts you right in the conversation to be a playoff team. My my opinion. You know, if you shore up that blue line and just continue to score, but then you also need to kind of address, I think, the lack of depth uh, up and out down your lineup. That's just, uh, you know, it looks good right now, maybe on paper, but I just don't know if depth-wise, that's a team built for the playoffs. So, my opinion, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's eleven thirty-five at night here on the East Coast. I know you, uh, you're Central, right, Jacob? Yeah, yeah I got ten thirty at least. We're yeah, we're yeah. covering like we're covering the U.S. here. This is great. Yeah, eight thirty <laughs> out here. Uh, right I, was here. At, I was up at five thirty, so it feels like eleven thirty. I actually had uh, I had an upper endoscopy done early this morning, and uh, the anesthesia really knocked me out cold when I got home, and I got sick from it. I didn't really come to until like six five thirty six o'clock this at, uh, evening. So uh, you know, I'm pretty well rested right now. Um, <laughs> I could keep going if you guys want, but uh, you know. I'm personally good. That was, uh, that was a stinker, uh, as you said. Um, if this was a much more exciting game, you know, yeah, there'd be a lot more to talk about. But I think we covered a lot, and there's obviously time in the next nine days, and yeah, maybe something will happen too. Um, if if Darlene shows up to the All Star game not too hungover and puts on a show, maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> another loss, another moral victory. More of the same excuses, apologies, results-oriented business. But I should fans come to an arena. <laughs> this episode so far <laughs> before. <laughs> you ever heard of a comma, buddy? What's going on? I love that. I love it. It's great. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready to wrap things up here. Uh, obviously, remember this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case or on George Urban Boulevard. Uh, why haste go buy a case on your Sabres game night needs or for the Super Bowl? Georgia from Boulevard, Outlet Liquor. Uh, I am Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, and I'll hang up and listen for Connor Hurley and Jacob Micah. Uh, you can always check him out over on Happy Hour Hoops as well. Uh, big basketball guru guy over there, uh, as well as hockey and uh, hard Every, I, just, I just talk about a lot of things and we go yeah. from there. <laughs> um and uh heart foundation alumni uh yes sir i haven't gotten my cre- th- th- my jersey that jersey back I, well i don't have it with me so <laughs> that's hard to i'm just i'm screwing just screw you it's uh, it's closer actually, to you actually right now that it's closer to me <laughs> we actually just got new jerseys so uh it doesn't even matter um oh, there we go yeah we got reversibles too they're actually really nice but oh, that's sick uh, you guys have a good night. I appreciate you guys hopping on. Unfortunately, we couldn't uh, have that much good to talk about. But uh, always cool to have uh, to not ride solo, Connor. Uh, you know, thanks for hopping on, and just be sure to uh, check out episode one fourteen, which will air tomorrow. 
uh, where Connor made it as official. Two goalies, one Mike debut. And uh, Jake, Hell thanks yeah. for making your debut, and I'll hang up and listen, bud. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. You guys have a good night. Enjoy the All-Star break. We'll see you in nine days, and let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.